Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're talking about empty, dead inside. You know, feeling empty inside, you know, it really makes you feel like nothing matters. Um, I think it's something that all of us resonate with. You you might feel like there's nothing that connects you to other people and the world around you. And at times you might feel like you hardly exist. You know, and the funny thing is this feeling of hollowness in your life, it could last a few minutes, a few days, a few weeks. You know, if you if you're going through a difficult struggle, even months, sometimes people go through it for years. However, some people have feelings of emptiness that last for long periods of time, even decades. And if you're feeling this emptiness inside, dead inside, you may want uh, not understand that you feel this way. And, and you may wonder if things of emptiness mean that you're depressed. You know, I feel a dead inside is a statement you might hear people make or something that you have felt yourself. And for anyone who's never experienced it, feeling dead inside can be hard to imagine. And those who have struggled with it might not always have the right words to explain the confusion, the sadness, the numbness that comes with the feeling. But the meaning of feeling dead inside is to find it difficult to process emotions like happiness and sadness. Yes, it, it is those very dynamics that become missing. And when you feel dead inside, feelings take on the same dull tone and are hard to uh, uh, appreciate no matter the situation. And feeling dead inside might also cause life to seem like a boring event, that there is no purpose, no end in sight, and it can cause a very detached approach to everyday life. It's almost like everything becomes transactional, a transaction rather than having meaning. And, and and sometimes it's short-lived, you know, leaving as quickly as it comes. Other times the sensations last longer and it, it, it often stretches, but it's emptiness. And that's the whole thing that we're trying to struggle with, the sense of emptiness. When you feel that, it might be not be clear what has changed in your life, you know? And, and so what you want to do is look for the signs and examine, hey, what is it that's making me feel this way? It doesn't matter if a person is at the top of their career, living through their most healthy relationship or is otherwise comfortable position in life. Anyone can feel like they're dead inside. And the meaning of dead inside can uh, vary somewhat from one person to the next. But the feeling may appear random, but there are also common experiences to look out for in a person that feels this way. You know, and, and and one of it is questioning the meaning of life. You know, it's normal to wonder what we're doing in this planet, what happens when we die, or if there's a, a, a ever after. But the bottom line is, is the meaning of life, meaning is the only thing that differentiates you from how you interpret the world compared to any other person. 
And that is because you create meaning in every conversation, every interaction, every event, every place, every person, every job, every moment of your life has different meanings. And so searching for the meaning of life means how do you filter life through yourself? And obviously, your greatest handicap can be your attitude. You know, but when a person feels dead inside, the purpose is missing. And every day appears with a question mark for the next 24 hours. But here's the clue about what makes a purpose-driven life. Rick Warren, first line, it's not about you. Your life, if you make it about you, you are going to struggle with continuous emptiness in your life. Your life has to be where your life impacts other people, other people that you love, other people you work with, people that you don't even know, people that interact with you as clients, as patients, whatever that is, that is where you're defining your meaning. And if you have no meaning, that means that your life will leave once you die and there will be very little about you that anyone will remember. You know, but these thoughts are fleeting, especially because there's no certain answers to existential questions. As a matter of fact, the terminology for feeling dead inside or feeling empty is called existential angst, meaning your anxiety is coming forward because you have no purpose in life. You have angst because you're in limbo. And when people are in limbo, they are indecisive and they're looking for a feeling to do something. I have to feel something to do something. No, you do what's right and then check in with how you feel. That's what's healthy. That's how people operate. However, when people are experiencing uh, emptiness inside, they're looking for a feeling and that feeling is not going to come. It very rarely will it come. Especially because it's tied to your your feelings are tied currently to anxiety and depression, and that also means that you have expectations, and expectations are very depressing, especially when they're about people. You can have expectations on goals, but it's people you cannot have expectations of. If you do that, you are going to find yourself to be gravely disappointed in most people. Some people will come through for you. Some people, that's their work. They have an expectation of performance, and that's great. But the bottom line, consistently across the board with all people, to have expectations is a very unhealthy thought. It's preferences. I prefer. That means you're not emotionally tied to the outcome, but you're hoping to get the outcome that you want. You know, feeling dead inside produces a constant feeling of numbness. And when you feel that, it can feel isolating to watch others move with purpose. You feel like the one that's way out of sync. You feel like you're out of step in life. You feel like, why? I'm dead. Why? It, why this person's living their life, and here I am doing nothing, nothing with my life. And some people are so self defeating. And will destroy everything about themselves, which, by the way, is a child-driven quality that they learned in childhood. And that's called the inner child, which makes these self-defeating uh, things that we do to destroy ourselves. But it also makes it difficult to share your emptiness and receive social support because you feel like a big whiner. And whiners can suck the soul straight out of your body. So people that are empty often suffer in silence. And what's really interesting 
is that when people that are feeling empty suddenly feel a sense of belonging, like a new relationship, a new friendship, somebody that's actually putting interest in, in, in them, somebody's actually showing uh, and displaying an interest in that person, what they come to find is that sense of belonging is what has been missing all along. People that feel empty have no sense of belonging because they're empty, because they're dead. They feel alone. And so if you're going to solve loneliness, you have to find places in life where you have things in common and you belong. It's a very important component. You also might feel physically empty, you know, and, and that means you need to reconnect with the world. You know, it's a difficult process to, to, to deal with your feelings, but the deal is you also have to interact with the world. You can't just isolate yourself in a bedroom or in your, in your home or in your apartment or whatever it is that you live in. You can't just isolate yourself in that. You've got to get out in the world and actually interact. If you want to solve your emptiness, you have to interact. You have to get out of your shell. Otherwise, you're going to live in your head. And we don't do well living in our heads. Our heads are our greatest enemies. You know, it's not uncommon to feel like you live with an internal void present. This is something all of us share. But the deal is you have to find meaning in your life by actually doing what's right, getting out in the world, interacting with other people, trying to help other people, even if you're not feeling it, until you finally feel it. Sometimes in life, you have to fake it till you make it. And I know people hate that phrase, but the fact is we have to break habits because it's right. And sometimes fake it till you make it means you have to do what's right until you finally get there. And that's a good thing. You know, why do we feel this? Well, depression is the number one thing. And it's a very common mood disorder that many, if not all of us, experience to some degree. But it stands out for producing persistent feelings of sadness and it's accompanied by changes in eating, fatigue, sometimes body pains. A notable symptom is uh, persistent feelings of apathy, which is the opposite of love. Also procrastination, because you're looking for a feeling to do something that you know you have to do, like working out or not eating so much. You know, depression, once again, is correlated with unmet expectations. And expectations that are not met have a visceral emotional response to them. You know, a number of psychological, biological, and medical reasons may be responsible for the persistent feeling of numbness. It could be medication. And some people, it is medication. Some people are over-medicating. A lot of people uh, love to use drugs and alcohol to numb themselves so that they don't ever have to think and so that their life becomes void. You know, when people feel empty, they resort to coping. And coping can be horrible things, and sometimes it can be good things like exercise, but oftentimes they overdo it. You know, and, and when you fall back on things like drinking and drugs, you're basically saying, I am living a suicidal life. I really want to die, but I don't want to know when I die. So I'm just going to instrument that by drinking myself to death or taking drugs. Suicidal life is one thing that is not statistically followed. And sadly enough, a huge pop part of our population self-annihilates, self-destructs through drugs, alcohol, and other means, eating too much, whatever it is, 
they destroy their life and their health because they feel like they're entitled and they go through life just living in a void. And sadly, it's this struggle of emptiness that they never resolve. You know, when a person feels empty, it indicates that they're experiencing depression. There's also PTSD, and this can also entice the idea of feeling empty. Because with that, that means someone has involuntarily felt and experienced trauma that was placed upon them. That means they didn't sign up for it, but they had to deal with it. And so with PTSD, it leaves a long sense of trauma in their life, and it grows roots to anything that correlates or is related to that particular trauma. That is also going to be a root that is going to create the same trauma just because they're walking in a Walmart after they've been fighting a war. And so, but what basically happens is they correlate their experience to anywhere where that vulnerability could be experienced. And now they're going to nut up with PTSD. And that also means numbness too. And it's sad, but people that don't deal with their emotional problems, don't seek therapy, don't seek a healthy place to go to, often find themselves self-destructing. And so we as people have to take a lot of accountability for our mental health, especially in this day and age, especially in this lawsuit-driven, crazy, extremely woke society that the world is is begetting to where we're all just going to eat each other alive because everybody's got so many rules and pretensions that have to be met because I'm not respected if you don't. You know, God forbid somebody, you know, cross somebody's line oh my lord not only is it an insult it's a lawsuit nowadays but that's just the way we live that's the way society is and as long as people want to get away with it and as long as the courts will allow it uh, people will throw their money away their life away dealing with somebody's prejudicial ideas and fantasies you know there's also medication and that helps manage and treat condition you know conditions like depression anxiety and it's a common approach. And actually, it can be a very effective approach because medication uh, for depression in particular has dopamine and serotonin, which the brain manufactures. And the brain needs those two drugs because the dopamine lays down the highways, the neurological highways, and the serotonin increases the traffic across those highways, which means our brain goes to the prefrontal cortex, which is your human part of your logical brain rather than the emotional amygdala, uh, the center of your brain that has super highways built in it. You need more of dopamine and serotonin sometimes to get that boost. You train the brain to manufacture those things, and then over time you wean yourself very slowly off the medication, and your brain will learn to recompensate because it likes the amount of dopamine and serotonin you're taking, which is basically like a workout program. You know, a lot of people depend on on medication for their whole life because they're too lazy to actually deal with the depression itself. There's also suppressed emotions. Some cases, emotions can be so difficult to deal with, and they're buried, and they're forgotten. And a lot of these people become passive-aggressive. And what that means is they blow up like a crazy person when they get angry, but that's because they've been stuffing and stuffing and stuffing the same problem over and over again. The same thing that a person's been doing, they stuffed it over and over and over again until they finally blow. 
And that's your passive aggressive person that has a, a very low EQ, emotional quotient. You know, also depersonalization is another reason that people become empty. And what that means is when you feel like you're observing yourself from outside your body, this might be a case of dissociative phenomenon called depersonalization. And by the way, we're actually gonna, going to have an episode uh, next week on uh, people that have died and come back. And that is going to be a very, very, very interesting uh, experience. And it's actually an interview program with Charles Grayson, uh, Bruce Grayson, Dr. Bruce Grayson, who's an expert in that area. But this condition of depersonalization occurs when a person feels detached from themselves, and it can feel like experiencing life as someone else's existence. And a person might feel disconnected from their body, mind, environment, making them feel empty inside. The other people that are characteristically designed to have chronic emptiness and dead inside are people with borderline personalities. These people are drama central. They want everything to be about them and they love to create chaos anywhere, anytime, any place to make anyone in their life, no matter if it's their children, their spouse, their loved ones, even if it's somebody on their deathbed, they do not hesitate to create chaos for those people's lives. But these people with borderline are always empty. And they try to look to everybody else to fill them, and then they get bad because nobody can. And so they want to destroy, 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 and that's what they do to people across the board. But they think they're the most angel, angelistic people on the planet. They think they're the greatest people because they love to be the victim all the time. That's all they think about is their victimology and their sexuality because they're hypersexual. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk more about Dead Inside. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who were widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You 
you are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about feeling dead inside and emptiness. You know, our emotions shape who we are and how we interact with the world around us. And this is why feeling a disconnect or worse, not feeling our emotions at all, can be so difficult. Different factors may be responsible for that state, but irrespective of the reason, methods like therapy and lifestyle adjustments can help bringing uh, life to our emotions. And things, very simple changes like exercise, meditating, journaling, so you can be aware of your emotions can be very, very important. But the word empty implies that it's just a feeling of nothingness. However, it goes beyond just a lack of feeling when we feel dead inside. You know, people with bipolar disorder dealing with feelings of chronic emptiness find that it's 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 largely experienced as a feeling of disconnection from both yourself and others, a sense of numbness and nothingness, which is frequent and reduced by functional capacity. Sometimes it has to do with the fact that they don't have to worry about anybody because they're in a manic state so they can go to Las Vegas and bet their home away, you know, and they love to do that. And then they hate the fact that they did it after they've done it. You know, researchers also find the feeling of emptiness is closely associated with purposelessness, unfulfillment. Most people find that feelings to be distressing, to feel empty and purposeless. And of course it is. Why in the hell are you on the planet? Make something of your life. Connect yourself to other people. That's why you're here. You've been given a God-given talent somewhere in your life, unless you're so lazy you never embellish it, because most people set their categorical goals as mediocre. But if you can actually do something hard in your life, you might make your life easier. People that are empty often have no goals. They often have nothing to strive for that gives them purpose or passion, and they lack the desire or the empathy to connect with other people, especially during those pockets. You know, sometimes people who go through emptiness and a sense of feeling dead inside also go through trauma. You know, a recent trauma experience can lead to feelings of emptiness, and 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 this is a huge component in our lives. And there is a lot of trauma to be had in this life because we as people are ruthless and we can do terrible things to each other and we do terrible things. And there's a lot of people who live life on the edge, on drugs, on alcohol, criminals, people that will break into your house, break in your car, kill you, shoot you. God only knows they have so little value in human life because their life is of so little value. You know, and it's sad, but this is the world we live in. And a traumatic experience is an experience that threatens your safety, your sense of self, causes a whole bunch of distress. And after a traumatic experience, whether a recent event or a re-triggering event, remind you of an event from the past, it can lead to feeling empty. 
And also there's a lot of studies that have shown that trauma can be stored in your body. Yes, there's a wonderful book called The Body Keeps Score about trauma. And the feeling of physically empty may be your body's way of telling you that it needs protection. Also, sometimes people use numbing or disconnection as a coping mechanism. And it's like numbing or disconnection be used to survive through negative life experiences like loss or trauma or distressing events. And sometimes it's easier to, uh, in the moment, to emotionally detach yourself from the experience rather than emotionally engage in the situation. Some people experience burnout. Now, why do we have burnout? Well, it's because your value systems over a long period of time are challenged and are pushed in a way that go beyond your integrity, your personal values. And so what happens as you compromise and compromise and compromise and compromise over time, especially for a job because you're trapped and you have kids and a house and bills and wife and everybody expects you to make a gazillion dollars and then everybody loves to spend it but you. But the bottom line is you, yourself, have to understand that you're burning out because you are trapped in your life. And so if you want to untrap your life and over and not overtax your value system to the point that you burn out, what you have to decide to do is figure out how this god-awful job is going to pay for something that you love in your life and make it personal so that it buys you something to have to go to that god-awful job and deal with these god-awful people more than eight hours a day usually and have to put up with all their crap and all their whining and all their stupidity. Yes, you got to do that. You, you go, you sacrifice, but you got to buy something for yourself in the end if you don't want to burn out. There's also an overwhelming exhaustion that takes place when you burn out. There's cynicism that happens, and I'm very cynical and sarcastic if you haven't noticed. And also uh, detachment, a sense of ineffectiveness, a lack of accomplishment. All of these things encompass the experience that we have when we feel empty. Whether it's related to a personal relationship, like a marriage that is just going nowhere because both of you resent each other so much and have labeled each other in such a negative way that you can't even escape the label that you create. And so you perpetrate it every single time you come in company and then you try to think that's sexy and try to breed. No, that doesn't work very well. It becomes very transactional and then the people find themselves having affairs and doing stupid things. So... If you want to drop the resentment and actually be a human being and be married, you have to recognize your partner is a human being with a story behind them, just like you, and you're trying to converge these two stories, not change each other. You know, it's really amazing how complicated we can make our life. You know, when you're emotionally overwhelmed, that is also where emptiness can feel very strong. When you feel like your life is out of control, that's when emptiness can play a big role. Control, by the way, if you look at the DSM-5, control is the main ingredient for the symptoms that cause depression, anxiety, OCD. All these other man-made diagnoses are called Axis-1. And the reason that they are the symptom is that's how you're coping with your emptiness. That's how you're coping with the need to control something you can't control. So you're going to wipe the same 
uh, a doorknob 50 times a day or you're going to wash your hands 100 times a day. That's because you're coping with something that you cannot cope with. You're trying to control something you can't control. So you're doing something that you can control to replace it. You know, when you're sleep deprived, that's another time that you're going to feel empty. When we are physically, emotionally, energetically depleted, we naturally will have difficult feeling like ourselves and have minimal capacity for the responsibilities in our life. And this is why self-care through sleep is very important, especially during stress. It's critical to our well-being that our brain gets a reset. And that is the REM stage of sleep where the brain will concoct a whole bunch of crazy scenarios, put them together so that you can elicit suppressed emotions. And that is the dream state. It creates all these inventions of ideas and things that take place and it creates scenarios and it drags in people from your past, your present, people you don't even know. And it creates events that elicit those emotions. If you don't have that reset button, you're going to have a hard time moving through two, three, four days, 10 days, 20 days a month if you cannot sleep. You know, so also if you're ruminating, People that ruminate are also control freaks. They just have to ruminate over the same problem over and over and over again. They're regurgitating it. Why can't you just freaking live your life and give up on the rumination? It's not like you're going to control anything by ruminating. It's not like you're going to come to some great epiphany, likely. What you're doing is thinking the same thought over and over and over again. What is that about? Why can't you learn something instead of just thinking about the same thing over and over again? But that's what most people do. Most people have what? Maybe 100 thoughts in a day. They have about 5,000 feelings, but they have about 100 thoughts that they think about over and over and over and over and over again. It's crazy how we operate. Feelings of emptiness impact how you move through your days. And that is even physically. But it is paired with other negative experiences like sadness. Irritability, overwhelmed, uh, disinterested, apathy. Once again, apathy is the opposite of love. If I'm doing marital therapy and both people don't even care, I know it's over. They know it's over. What the hell's the point? But if you have two people that are calling each other names and yelling each other, that means there's some love there. You know, you have to love to hate. So if they're going to hate, there's love in there. That That's where hope is. It's these pathetic people that sit there like a lump of crap and, oh, I'm doing this for my kids. Or, no, you're not doing your kids any favor. You're setting a horrible example and you're probably not doing half or not even a fourth, even a third, even, even, even an eighth of what you need to be doing to make the relationship work. Your job once you marry somebody is you got to make them sexy. They're not going to make themselves sexy. You're going to have to make them sexy. That's your job. It's not their fault. It's your fault. You're going to have to deal with that. And that's what we have to do when we're married. But you can feel empty because you're a whiner and you're a victim. And that's oftentimes why people feel numbness. Living with emptiness can look like going through the motions. You have a to-do list. You do what needs to get done. And by the end of the day, you've felt no joy, no fulfillment, no gratitude for anything you've done. So you're going to your kid's little sports thing. And you're sitting there with all the parents. And you're just watching. Oh, 
Yep, there they go, messing it up again. Yeah, they're not very good at that. That's because they're kids. Is it boring? Yeah, it's boring to watch kids do sports. They're not excellent at it, but they're funny and they do strange things. And why don't you take the time to get to know how your kid interacts with other kids when they're there? Because you might learn something objectively about your child that you need to know so that you can relate to them better. You know, when do you feel empty is the huge ingredient. When does this feeling come along? And acknowledging that. How often do you feel empty? You know, where do you feel emptiness in your body? Because some people feel stress in their stomach, in their hearts, in their lungs, in their brain by migraines, in their back by soreness, in their, in their, their you know, their hands, you know, whatever, you know, arthritis can do that. So, so the bottom line is emptiness affects us everywhere. And who's around or not around when you feel empty is a huge component because our environment and the people we interact with have a lot to do with how we feel about ourselves and about our life. If you're married to somebody that you've turned into your worst enemy, well, you're responsible for that one because you're responsible for how you feel. And they may be a total turd, and that's okay, but maybe they're a total turd because you're a total turd, and you might want to think about that. What am I offering life, and if I'm not making any effort, why is no, why do I expect anybody else to? You know, feelings of numbness result from an overwhelmness, and it could be trauma. It could be your body's defense mechanism to protect you against feeling tough emotions or feelings you might not be ready for. You know, if you've married a borderline personality or a narcissistic person or people that are highly uh, histrionic, which means they're hysterical, they have to have all the attention, there's a good chance you've suppressed every emotion you've ever had. And there's a good chance that you have understood that you are there for them and not for yourself. And now my life that I've signed up for is to sacrifice everything that I am for this jerk that I married who's a narcissist or a borderline personality, who's dishonest, who lies about everything, who gaslights me every day of my life to tell me how crazy I am, even though they are the lunatic that I have married myself to. You know, you never know who you marry till you divorce them, by the way. And so the bottom line is, when we tie ourselves to people like that, we can box out our emotions. So what you're going to have to do is understand you're not going to change a personality disorder. There's, they're not going to change. The only thing that's going to change is what you have to work with. So why don't you read a book like Stop Walking on Eggshells or something where you can learn to have something called boundaries and set boundaries with that person so you can now assert your emotions, whether they like it or not, because they're like Broadway productions every day of their life, all day long, 24 by 7, even in their sleep. They will invent problems. They will create problems when nothing is going their way. You know, emptiness after sex is also very common. If you have these feelings of emptiness after sex, you're not the only one. This experience is known as postcoital dysphoria and can present a feeling of emptiness after sex. And it's experienced of negative effect following otherwise satisfactory sexual intercourse. And there's been a lot of research around this. You know, individuals who experience this, this uh, uh, postcoital dysphoria, 
may express immediate feelings after sexual intercourse in terms of melancholy, tearfulness, anxiety, irritability, psychomotor agitation, even pain. And due to pleasurable highs and postcoital lows, some people may have feelings of emptiness to cope with the extremes in emotion. There's also maybe an underlying relationship or past uh, trauma experiences that are surfacing in response to the heightened intimacy experience during sex. Maybe you have events in your life that were traumatic sexually, and that creates a sense of emptiness when you have sex, especially if you've had enthusiastic, passionate sex, and then you feel empty, that's because you probably feel bad because somebody used you in the past. You know, emptiness after crying is also a very uh, strong emotional element and very common. Crying is an emotional outlet. Letting yourself cry can be cathartic and healing experience. Matter of fact, in your brain, the same place that makes you come have an orgasm, is the same place that makes you cry. You have to hold your breath to do both. And so, by the way, that means if you're crying a lot, you're probably missing on the orgasms. You know, after a period of feeling emotional, you may experience a wave of nothing. But crying takes a lot of energy. And for many of us, while it is a release, it can leave us feeling more depleted initially. And the understanding is that when we're crying, it is a release, and we do not have to have expectations after we cry. We just need to have the release. Let it happen. Don't suppress it. And yes, if you're a man, you can cry. If you're a child, you can cry. If you're a woman, you can cry. If somebody told you not to cry, they're telling your body not to pee. I mean, honestly, you've got to do that. Your body is built for that. If you've suppressed all of your emotions so badly that you can't ever cry, even if the worst possible things happen, like your kid dies in a swimming pool and you stand there like a lump of crap, uh, you got some problems. You need some therapy because those emotions need to be elicited. Otherwise, they come out in psychotic features, which are 10 times worse than what your imagination would ever even encompass. You know, depression is a clinical diagnosis, but it requires a licensed professional to test for it. But it's important to understand if you struggle with it. Because depression creates emptiness. That's why a person will lay in bed all day long if they're depressed. They don't feel like doing anything. I don't feel like it. Well, if you're not going to feel like doing anything, you're probably not going to do anything. If you're waiting on a feeling, not a good idea. Not the way to live. Feelings are meant to motivate you. They're not meant to drive you. They're meant to be used after you've decided it's something to do, and then you create a purpose behind it, which is loaded with an emotion. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. 
stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Now, how do we solve this thing of feeling dead inside, emptiness? Number one is you want to examine your life. You examine what feelings that add to your life to bring you more positively and and love. Uh, Do you need more connection? You know, you might want to try to reach out to loved ones or, or, or other people for new connections or even people from your past, old friendships, hopefully not toxic friendships, but old friendships of friends to catch up and see where they are in life. You know, or if you're feeling like all you do is work, you know, some people live this very transactional obligatory life. They just work and work and work and work. We don't do con. We never had an argument. We never did. Well, you're not living. You're coping. Just deal with it. Understand that you need to actually step into your life and feel something. If you feel something, your life begins to have meaning. Yes, you may have $4 million in the bank that you've stored up and your job that you've worked your life hard for and worked 18 hours a day, but you never enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, crazy people are going to be enjoying it, buying drugs, alcohol, and all kinds of crazy stuff because they never earned it. Why don't you, the one that actually earns the money, go do something for yourself and make something for yourself? It doesn't mean you give up your responsibilities. It doesn't mean you turn your back on your wife or your children or your husband. What it does mean is you step into your life and fill your cup because you have to fill your gas tank before you can fill everybody else's. You you know, if you're also understanding that you add time for rest, hobbies, activities, that you actually take care of yourself and make the time to do that. That can create joy in your life. Also, you want to get familiar with your emotions. There are many reasons you may become disconnected from your emotions, like trauma, not having the right tools for emotional processing, possibly being emotionally unavailable, which a lot of people can be. But the deal is you want to familiarize with emotions. I'm not just angry. I'm frustrated or I'm sad or I'm feeling disrespected or I feel like you're not hearing me. Why can't we talk to those emotions than going, I'm angry? Why do we have to resort to very primitive fight or flight emotions? 
It's because you have not developed a vocabulary of emotions and emotions are your soul. You need your soul to express itself. That's why emotional language is very, very important. Some people get that. Other people can't. Well, I'm analytical and I'm very logical and this is how I operate. And this is, oh, oh, I, you know, I can't operate in emotions. I don't like emotion. I don't like conflict. How many millions of times do we hear this from crazy people? Yes, you have emotions. No, you don't like conflict, but you can do it because sometimes if you have conflict, you actually resolve something. As a matter of fact, any conflict in a relationship is there to make it better. So why don't you want to make things better because you're afraid of your own emotions? Crazy. We are nuts sometimes, you know, but the more familiar you can get with your emotions, the more accurately you can identify what is causing your feelings of emptiness. For example, getting really specific about how anxiety shows up in your body. This can feel like churning in your stomach, shortness of breath, leads to feelings of overwhelmness, emptiness, panic attacks. Knowing these signals can help you have a deeper understanding of your emotions. But here's the main ingredient that drives emotions. Here is the main ingredient that drives emptiness. And that is, why do I feel this way? If you're going to ask yourself why you feel this way, that is a logical question to an illogical emotion. There is no why. You feel it. It's meant to emote. You emote. That means it moves through, it vents. It's not meant to live in an emotion, but logical people are so crazy, especially when they're dealing with uh, the first time that they have to deal with somebody dying and they're grieving. They don't understand emotions, so they look like they're absolutely insane because they have to make logic of every single episode of why they're depressed why they're sad, why they're angry, why, why, why? Well, every time you do the why, you're going to add three minutes to the emotion. So it's like a wave. The first wave comes in, it's the emotion. Oh, I feel sad. Why? Okay, I'm going to add three more minutes to that emotion. Oh, I'm sad because this person passed away or this person betrayed me or I got fired from my job or my kid was ignorant and said bad things to me, whatever. You're going to take this emotion and you're going to stack 8,000 reasons why you feel that way because you're super hyper logical. I'm so intellectual. I'm so smart because I can figure out my emotions too. No, you feel them. If you feel them, it'll only last three minutes. I'm sad. Yep, I'm real sad. Sad, sad, sad. Yeah, sad. Then it's dead because you haven't felt you haven't fed it. But if you're going to sit there and why it to death, it's going to be a tidal wave. And unfortunately, logical people, this is what they do, and then they get into hyper emotions like anger and rage or uh, resentment, which are all fight or flight. And everybody receiving it is in fight or flight. So you're walking through. Uh, scaring the hell out of yourself and everybody else because you're too intelligent to actually figure out an emotion. You know, accountability is a sense that means being intentional about creating the structure daily versus based on the feeling of convenience. We are very uh, impatient people. We like to have everything we want now. We don't want to wait we don't want to do anything. And we love to compare ourselves to what other people are getting compared to me. And so doing all that 
what we do is we create chaos in our life. And that also can make us feel empty because we keep comparing ourselves. Well, this person makes all that money. They live in that beautiful house. They don't appreciate anything that they have. They have the Mercedes and I'm driving the Yugo. You know, come on. If you're going to compare yourself in your life, you have to understand that you made different choices than they did. They may have prioritized money. And just because people have money doesn't mean they enjoy their life. They may have lots more options than you do because they have money, but the problem is they have no joy. A lot of people who are wealthy discover that that is a huge burden, that they have to maintain their wealth. They have to maintain the, that expensive house. They may have to maintain that expensive car. They have to pay for that private school that their kid's attending because if you tend to send them to public school, God only knows what the teacher's going to teach these days. But unfortunately, that's another problem that we're dealing with. And so as we work our way through life, you have to understand comparing yourself to other people is terrible, unhealthy. Just be yourself and understand why you do the things you do and what drives you and what creates purpose and stop being a failure freak because failure is good. It's quitting that is the problem. Failure teaches you something. Quitting is a bad habit. And once people quit, they love to quit everything, including their marriage. And once you've quit your marriage once, you're going to quit it again and again and again and again because there's always a back door because you took it so many times. You know, unfortunately, people that live with the back door take the back door. They may like the front door. They may embellish the front door. They may put a wreath on the front door and paint the front door and make everything look really good. They love to put lipstick on a pig. But behind that pig is a very ugly person who has a back door in their life. If you want to live your life and you want to feel purposeful, you also have to be decisive and committed. That means I will. If you're going to be married, I will be married. That's what you signed up for. Not all try to be married, but try to be married is what almost everyone does. And that's why we have the huge divorce rate and the multi-billion dollar attorneys that love to handle uh, family law and get people paired up against each other and ripe and hyped up against each other so they can make a fortune. You know, uh, if you practice mindfulness, one thing you want to avoid is consumption without any mindfulness. Being mindful means you are careful and pragmatic. You are not making reactive decisions. You're actually taking the time to develop a response. And the people that take the time to develop a response in their life have a much more successful life and they utilize their resources more successfully, and they value their relationships because they're wise enough to go, how will I feel about this decision three years from now? If I'm going to call this person this name, or if I'm going to call them out on this huge lie that they told me, how am I going to feel about myself three years from now? You know, when you're factoring in your decisions, that's what you really want to think about. But most people are emotional, impulsive, and they're very uh, uh, needing to get everything just the way they want it right then and there. And it's those people and most of society has lived to be very, very reactive. Reactive is not a good way to live. That means we are controlled by our environment and everybody around us. You also want to give yourself grace. Uh, and healing never looks perfect, but you want to spring into action by developing relationships. What is life all about? 
It's about relationships because when you die, your relationships are what carries your life forward. It is a celebration of life when you die. And so it's not all the things you had. It's not all the money you left behind. It's the fact that you left memories behind. Memories are the essence of your existence. And you can do that for free. You don't have to be a millionaire to do that. When you seek help also, that means you're taking action to help yourself. That is a huge ingredient to the, to the basis of our existence, is that we have to accept that we cannot do this life alone. We are social creatures. If you're going to hibernate in your house, you are coping with life. You're not living life. You got to get off your butt, get out there, and invest in relationships in people, especially the people that need you in your life. And create purpose so that you can help others with their life. And every time you have a problem, a failure, oh my God, a failure. That's called the scientific process, by the way, is having failure in your life. But, you know, failure is an opportunity for you to have a testimony where you can actually take what you did and it failed and turn it into something great. That's a testimony. That's what all of us look for in life. That is what the greatest movies in the world that have ever been written and created were about, is testimony to taking failure and turning it into success, taking chicken shit and turning it into chicken salad. That's the great part about life. You know, in, in addition to finding ways to relax and have fun, it might be beneficial to manage your mental health and give yourself a break from stress of your childhood life. You know, a lot of people love to victimize themselves by living in their childhood. Oh, when I was a child, this happened to me. My parent did this to me. My uncle and aunt did this to me. Yes, they did horrible things because half this country, half this world that breed are breeding stock. They're not parents. And so, you know, we call them parents, even into our adult life, we call them parents and give them that title, even though they're not parents. They're people, and you want to call them by their name and actually witness them as them as a human being once they're an adult and you have your adult senses. So you can understand that maybe I'm asking for $550 when all they have to give me is five, because a lot of people don't have what you want, to, want them to give you, or they're not willing to give you what you want them to give you. Also, when you're empty, you don't feel like doing anything. Often you spend the day in bed or hiding, you engage in risky behaviors like unsafe, unsafe sex, spending money, substance abuse. You got to find something out there. You got to stir the pot, but you do it as a weakling behind your little computer. You know, you feel engaged in non-suicidal self-injurious behaviors like cutting or you break, you know, the feeling of emptiness. You feel like you're, you're nothing and nobody. You don't even exist. All these feelings of emptiness can be overwhelming, but you have to find purpose, even if it's small. Some people feel empty because they have no purpose in life. Having a purpose is one of the most important aspects to life, but that means other people have to be there. It's Their purpose is not about you. It is about them always. And that is what God has given you is the skill to touch other people's lives in one way or another. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. You can do that at our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment and the health and wellness channels, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, behind success can be a horrible sense of emptiness. Also, narcissism is a life of prolonged emptiness 
that no one can fill for you. Also, a coffee can can uh, warm your heart until it's empty. A, a coffee, a coffee mug, by the way, full of coffee that can warm your heart. You know, and also a dog's joy fills our emptiness. That is a great reminder that we're all alive is to have a wonderful dog or animal that loves us. That's our show. Thanks, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 